You're right in D.C. with Gail Trotter. This is Gail Trotter, host of Right in D.C. Today, it's our great pleasure to welcome as our guest, Jack Thomas Smith. Jack is a producer, a writer, and a director. He's currently working with Benghazi hero Chris Tonto Peranto on a new pro-military documentary series called War Heroes. Thank you, Jack, for joining us today. Thanks for having me on, Gail. I appreciate it. I am based in D.C., and I'm a native Washingtonian, and we just celebrated Memorial Day this week with honoring those who have given their lives in service of their country. And it's a big deal around the country, but particularly in Washington, D.C., because we have rolling thunder that descends upon the city and even people who are not really aware of the military or don't have family members who have served or don't have much knowledge of the military, those who live in the district and Maryland and Virginia come to an awareness, at least on this weekend, if no other weekend, because of all of the pro-military people who come to DC with Rolling Thunder. And it originally started as a way to get the government to release information on prisoners of war and those who were missing in action, particularly in Vietnam. And now it's become a message to I would say the world about how important the sacrifice is of our military families who give the ultimate gift. And I learned of your documentary series and I was curious what inspired you uh, to embark on this project. Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, Yeah, the my inspiration on this project was uh, it's it's as simple as one day I had the news on and, you know, there's there's a horrible news report about, you know, two soldiers killed in Afghanistan. Um, And that was it. That was it. They didn't mention their names, nothing about them, you know, who they were their where they were from. And. And it just kind of struck me that, you know, we we all know the Kardashians, you know, we all know Lindsay Lohan, the housewives of New Jersey or California, whatever they are. I mean, we know all of these reality stars, but yet when it comes to our, our men and women in uniform, it's it's just a blurb on the news. Um, so, you know, hearing this news report, I kind of got thinking, I'm like, you know, how about a show? Um, that tells their stories, you know, that they are the stars of each episode. Um, And in particular, in our pilot episode of War Heroes, the entire episode focuses on Sergeant Ryan E. Doltz from Mine Hill, New Jersey, who lost his life in 2004 in Baghdad. He was killed by an IED. Um, We tell his entire life story from birth, uh, teenage years. uh, He went to VMI, the Virginia Military Institute. His whole just life goal, his dream was to be a soldier. Um, And uh, as I said, unfortunately, he died in Iraq in 2004. And then we tell his story beyond that. Um, his mother, Cheryl Doltz, just one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. And, and Ryan's father, Ray, and his sister, Ann, and his brother, Greg, 
they created a foundation in his name, the Sergeant Ryan Dolts Memorial Foundation. And they've taken this tragic, horrible loss and made this incredible foundation to help uh, other veterans, to help uh, children um, whose, whose parents have lost their lives in combat. Um, so it's so that is the whole point of War Heroes is to make our men and women in uniforms the stars of each episode, learn about them, learn about their lives, goals, dreams, family, friends, and, you know, basically put a put a face with the name. Might you say this is a refutation of John Kerry's off the cuff <laughs> remark uh, uh, hmm. several years ago that yep. became very famous yep. about how people who get stuck end up being sent to Iraq. And <laughs> yeah, what, did, what did he say? He said something like, if you don't learn how to read or write, you might wind up in Iraq or something like that. I, I can't remember the exact quote, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Unbelievable. You know, and, and that's that's what's just so horrible about this. And, and you know, and I definitely want to note um, that War Heroes is pro-military. It is pro-troops. That That's all I care about is is telling them the way they should be told. Um, you know, so many times in the media with, you know, movies, news reports, all that. I mean, I, I remember back, uh, I believe in 2004 with all the pictures that came out of Abu Ghraib, you know, the whole thing there. That's that. It, it just seems like the media wants to focus so much on the negativity with military as with, you know, law enforcement. Um, <clears throat> I have no interest in that, you know, and I, I get that there, there are some, you know, a few bad apples out there. I get that. I, I do live in the real world, but overwhelmingly our men and women in uniform are doing the right thing. They're putting their lives on the line so that you and I and others can, can, you know, go about our daily lives and enjoy the freedoms that, that we have here in the greatest country in the world. Yes, and I have a friend who, as a Memorial Day observation, watches a whole bunch of, of military-themed movies. And I, I am going to ask you which of your which of the military-themed movies is your favorite. But I'm talking about ones from the 1950s, the 1960s. One of my favorites is Sergeant York, which was based on a real soldier. It wasn't fiction. Uh, I think if you look at the bridge to the River Kwai or um, yep. some of the other ones that were centered on World War II uh, and, and more recent ones, the Band of Brothers, the Saving Private Ryan, uh, those are all kind of in opposition to this idea that you're saying that have how the media portrays uh, the military. And I'm curious why you think that uh, uh, that that is their focus, and how do you think your documentary series will counteract that? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Uh, real quick, I mean, you you uh, listed off a couple of my favorites right there. I love Sergeant York. Band of Brothers is amazing. Uh, I love American Sniper. Absolutely fantastic. Yes. Um, uh, that was great. Uh, the Pacific. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I, the Green Berets. I was just watching the Green Berets the other day. 
Um, so yeah, huge fan of all those movies. Um, I, you know, to answer your question on that, I don't, you, you have to ask the filmmakers, you know, you have to ask what is, what is in their mindset that they want to paint the military in such a bad light. I mean, you know, what is going on in their brains that they would do that? Um, <clears throat> I mean, my background before, you know, before War Heroes, um, I wrote, produced, and directed uh, uh, two feature films. Uh, both were psychological thrillers. Uh, one was called Disorder, which was released by Universal and Warner Brothers. Uh, the other, inf uh, Infliction, was a you know another psychological thriller. Um, it was released by Virgil Films. Um, I understood even then that for me to do my thrillers, my movies, I understood why I could do that. It's it's because we have the freedom here to do what we want to do, and I I don't understand why that gets lost on other filmmakers. I don't I don't understand that. It's it's they don't seem to understand that all the, you know like I said before all of the freedom that we have here is because of our men and women in uniform. They're the ones that keep us safe here to go about our our daily lives. It, it's funny I said this the other day to uh to my uh, fiance, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, and not, not to go off on, on a total uh, tangent here, but um, you know, you hear these people talking about socialism and all this stuff. And it's like, Hmm, how many great movies came out of uh, the Soviet union back in the eighties? You right. know, um, you know, how many great movies have come out of China and Cuba and Venezuela? And it's, they don't seem to understand that one of the first things that these these governments will do is crush freedom of speech. You know, I, so I'm, I'm not getting the same people who want to support socialism, <laughs> you know, that are in the entertainment industry. They don't seem to understand that their ability to voice their opinions, even if I disagree with them and they're anti-military, it's because of of how protected we are here so anyway just i shake my head i i so appreciate those comments because i think the creatives <clears throat> and the free thinkers and the people who are not conformists are more mm -hmm. likely the ones that dictatorial regime regimes go after because we know how powerful art is how uh, politics is downstream of culture and culture is shaped by art. And I think you're in a unique place where you can use your artistic abilities to promote something that really protects the very ability of artists to share their vision with the world, even if it speaks truth to power, more importantly, if it speaks truth to power. I am curious too with the series. Are you highlighting any any women who have served in the military who are also American war heroes? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so where we're at with the series, um, so we completed the pilot episode, and as I mentioned, uh, the focus was uh, Sergeant Ryan Dolts and his family. So what we're doing right now is we are pitching the series to networks. Um, we actually just signed with, with a very good producer's rep. Uh, his name is uh, Steve Schaffer. He was the uh, head of programming for many years at HBO. Uh, he loves the project. 
Um, so what he's doing is he's, you know, taking it to all the different networks, pitching it to them. We actually have one network that seems to be pretty interested. So knock on wood. Um, <clears throat> but to answer your question, part of our pitch piece is to lay out to the networks uh, potential uh, uh, episodes for season one. So we have about a dozen. Um, and in those, we, we absolutely do have. Uh, uh, women in uniform uh, that we would like to profile uh, in a couple of the episodes, if not more, in you know during our, our opening season. So a lot of it's all going to depend on the networks. What we can do is pitch potential episodes, and then they ultimately, you know, if the network picks it up, they would ultimately have to have the final say in terms of the uh, you know the creative aspect of it. But um, there, there are just so many, I mean, the stories are endless. Um, you know, as I said, in the pilot, it's, you know, we focus on a fallen soldier. Um, but we also want to focus on soldiers, uh, you know, suffering with PTSD or, uh, homeless or, you know, the, 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 the horrible suicide, uh, the, the high suicide rates, uh, with veterans, um, you know, and, and then even beyond that, uh, uh, Gulf War syndrome, um, you know, all of these different uh, uh, situations that our veterans and soldiers may be in, not only to create awareness, but then ultimately at the end of each episode, help them. So it's it's almost, um, how can I say it? It's almost like activism within a TV series. It's, you know, okay, if, the, if we profile a homeless veteran, we want to go and coordinate perhaps with a organization or a foundation that builds homes for veterans or provides a home for, for a homeless veteran. And that can be all part of the episode right there, telling that soldier's story, why, you know, why that veteran is, is homeless, what has happened to him, what did he experience? And then ultimately providing something positive for him at the end of the episode. Speaking of that reminds me of a news article this week that profiled a Catholic high school that has decided to make its mission to host funerals for home, for veterans who don't have any family to to provide the funeral for them and there was a really sweet picture accompanying the news article I think it was of the basketball team serving as pallbearers for this veteran that had died and there was nobody to claim the body or, or to, to bury the veteran. And the school has made it its mission to provide these funerals. I think this kind of goes along with what you're saying about uh, the activism that is needed to make sure that our veterans and military members who suffer the effects of their service or who for whatever reason fall on hard times make sure that they get the proper honor that they, I mean, any human being deserves that honor, but I think particularly people Absolutely. who serve their countries, maybe they, they didn't die in the war, but they certainly uh, gave their lives for the country in service of their country and were willing to die for their country too. Does that, uh, did you run across that article by any chance? You know, I, I, I saw the headline on it. I'm, I'm sorry to say that I didn't read the entire article, but I did catch I did catch a piece of that. Um, and that's and that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, there are so many stories like that. There was another story um, 
God, I want to say it was Arizona or New Mexico, and I forget the name of the organization, but it was the same thing. Uh, he was a Vietnam vet who passed away, and they had this whole big funeral for him. And so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 those are the types of stories that we want to tell. Um, it, it's they're they're endless, Gail. I mean, we've you know just through some of the marketing we've been doing, we've had people contact us through the website and they're, oh, I have this story, I have that story. And it, we can't keep up. And it's it's <laughs> like every time I hear a new story, I'm like, this is great. This this has to be told, you know? Um, so so they're, uh, yeah, they're countless. Actually, I have one to tell you. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, this is one that I would love to tell. And uh, this, this was presented to me. Um, uh, this gentleman's a Vietnam vet. He goes back to Vietnam just, you know, for closure. Um, and when he's there, he's walking down a street and he sees a, a street vendor. And he goes over to the vendor and the vendor is selling dog tags uh, from fallen soldiers during the Vietnam War. So, you know, oh. needless to say, the guy's upset, but he buys all the dog tags. Then he makes it his own personal journey to go around and return those dog tags to the the, the families of the fallen. So, wow. right? I mean, when I heard that story, I'm like, that could be a movie, a documentary, an episode of War Heroes, all that. How? And, and this comes back to what we were talking about earlier on. How has that not been made into a movie? You I know, chills just hearing about that. What a right? remarkable journey. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's incredible, and it's. It, but the problem is the politics always get in the way of this, and it's. And and I don't understand why the mindset is is that you know if if you know if if you're in in Hollywood or whatever you know military bad you know and I, <laughs> right. I just I, I don't get it I don't get it I mean how about just focus on on just a human interest story Who cares you know I mean right. that's just an incredible story you know. So, Absolutely. And anyway, put it's, all the politics aside and there are plenty of people who support the military, but but don't want America to, to be entangled in foreign wars. But it's not the same thing. They're completely separate issues. Um, the, we are our military goes where there is a need, where our commander in chief decides that it's in the national interest that we need to be there. And they don't they're not part of that decision and they shouldn't be faulted for you know, political misadventures or, you know, changes in foreign policy. Um, they are ready to serve. They have the training. They And I think most importantly, they have the courage and the heart to do that job. Uh, I want to switch. We're talking a little bit about news articles. And you mentioned that there was an article in the Washington Times recently profiling the documentary series. And you remarked that the comments were a little bit, crazy. Could you tell us a little bit about the the fighting and the disagreements that went on in the comment section to this sure. article in the Washington Times? Sure, yeah. And, and, and it just amazes me. So uh, the Washington Times uh, did a write-up on War Heroes over the weekend. Um, and, and also the Daily Wire, they did a write-up also. Um, uh, both have been very supportive of war heroes. And, and I'm men mentioning Daily Wire as well as Washington Times, because on both, we saw the same thing happen where, um, <clears throat> you know, most of the comments are positive, you know, 
But then you do get some of these people that, you know, it's it's horrible. There was one comment on the Washington Times like, you know, oh, this this soldier gave his life for nothing. None of this matters. And, you know, you you actually get these people that throw out, you know, horrible things. And I'm, I'm sitting there like with a show like this. No one should should have a, a problem with a show like this. I mean, we're not we're not taking a side politically. We're not saying, you know, our involvement in Iraq was right or wrong. We're literally just telling the story of, of this soldier who sacrificed his life for our nation and what his family has done to keep his memory alive. That's all we're trying to do. And if, if you watch the trailer, which is about two minutes, you 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 get it. You kind of get what we're trying to do. And then you get these people. On, and, and you know what? Uh, my fiance, her name is uh, Mandy Del Rio. Uh, she's also one of the executive producers. Um, she handles our social media. And it's the same thing. She's constantly dealing with, you know, again, overwhelmingly it's positive. But you get these people that they want to come in there and they want to lob their grenades and, and say negative things and attack Chris Peranto and, you know, and, and Mandy will sit there and just block these people. And, <laughs> and just, she's got to hold, you know, she's, she's Irish. So her knee jerk is I want to go and fight these people. <laughs> like, don't do it. Don't do it. Just block them. You know, we don't need that, you know? So, um, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just unbelievable, unbelievable that these people are out there. A well-renowned author once gave me the advice to never read the comments on things that I produce, and I am incapable of not reading comments, but <laughs> I think I can identify yeah. with Mandy very well. It's hard not to talk back. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> I know, it drives you crazy, you know, you just... I know. I don't know. I don't know how someone like Dana Lash, I don't know. You know, I just see the way people attack her constantly. I don't know how her husband, I mean, he's, I, I've seen the way they go at him and the way they go at her. And that must just drive him crazy because, you know, he probably wants to jump in there and defend his wife, you know, and it's right. Uh, right. nuts. Right. It's, it's tough. I think for anybody in the public sphere to be out there with an opinion, even if 50 million people agree with your opinion or 100 million or 300 million people, you make yourself a target. And you yeah. have to really believe in whatever it is that you're out there advancing, even if it's only advancing your own personal ambition, which I think is the case sure. for some people. But I certainly think with Dana and Chris, they strongly believe in the principle of what they're advocating, seeing it as a civil sure. rights issue. And I think same with this type of documentary, it goes against the grain. And unfortunately, yeah. it's in my lifetime, it seems like fewer and fewer people have connections with the military, particularly when you're talking about big cities or elite people. It used to be that the elite people in the top universities and from families would want to have that uh, connection with the military. Think of President George H.W. Bush, who just passed right? away. Yeah. He was a hero. He was a war hero. Yep. Yep. Think about um, Senator Dole. I mean, when he, I probably will start tearing up, but you might remember remember at the viewing of President George H.W. Bush that was held, I think, in the Capitol Rotunda. Yeah. Senator yeah. Dole, who is 
who was uh, who was incapacitated physically from his war injuries. I think his arm he had limited mobility in his arm. Now he's in his nineties and he is confined to wheelchair because he had so much respect, not only because president George HW Bush was president, but also I think because they had that camaraderie born of service in the military, he, he stood up from his wheelchair so that he could give president Bush a salute, his final salute. And I just, I just think that speaks volumes and we're missing that from our society now. Yeah, no, I agree. And and yeah, that was absolutely amazing. I mean, that was just such a, a powerful moment from uh, from President Bush's funeral. I absolutely yeah, I was blown away. I was blown away when when that happened. And, you know, it's it's, it, you know, a little earlier we were talking about, you know, what, what you said with uh, civil rights. I mean, with, you know, Dana Lash and Chris Lash with the Second Amendment and we were talking about, you know, First Amendment rights and all that. We actually cover that in the pilot episode, and and here's here's what I mean by that. Um, so we've we've actually had screenings uh, of war heroes. We did a screening in Las Vegas. We did a screening in New Jersey. Both uh, we raised thousands of dollars for uh, Chris Peranto's foundation, the Fourteenth Hour Foundation. That was one in Vegas, and then in New Jersey. Uh, we raised money for the uh, Sergeant Ryanie Doltz Memorial Foundation. So one thing that we heard uh, from the screening in New Jersey, some people were saying, oh, we loved it. It was great. They said there was one part that we didn't understand why you had 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 this part in there. Uh, there's a part where we uh, Chris and um, two gentlemen who uh, knew Ryan from VMI, from the Virginia Military Institute, uh, we introduced them at a shooting range and, you know, and yes. they're, they're, they're shooting guns and all that. And it's only like a 30 second part, but it's a way to introduce these two friends of Ryan's with Chris, you know, because we want to, you know, we also didn't want to just show where it's sit down, interview, sit down, interview and all that. We wanted to try and do, do something unique. However, it's also symbolic. It's symbolic that this was one of our rights that Ryan sacrificed his life to protect was the right to bear arms. Um, and, and that's huge because people forget that when you look at the history of the 20th century and you look at the countries that committed genocide, that uh, had territorial ambitions against their neighbors, they started by making sure that they restricted gun rights of the, the <clears throat> population. And you right. hear Americans saying, oh, that could never happen here. That could never happen here. But at the same time, they're saying that the current administration is tyrannical. So, I mean, it's a little inconsistent right. on the argument. <laughs> right. I know. You got to love it, you know. And then, uh, but, but keep this in mind. They also said socialism could never happen here. Communism, okay. And who, who do we have running? I mean, right? right? I mean, it's it's a little crazy to think. Honestly, it's just crazy. I mean, I'm I'm a uh, I'm a teenager from the '80s, so I'm you know I'm a huge Reagan guy. I grew up you know during that time period, and uh, I just I can't even imagine you know like back then if someone said they were a communist or a socialist or whatever, it was like fighting words. You know, right. it's like and now this is becoming acceptable. I just I it's it's so it, there's. Here's the thing is that, you know, a hundred years ago when all this stuff started in Russia, you know, with the Russian revolutions and all that, 
they had no idea was was what was waiting for them in the future. They had no idea. Okay, so I feel bad for those people a hundred years ago that they this is what they fought for. Um, but now we have a hundred years worth of history to look at. You know, I mean, there's there's no great mystery where this always where this always heads is. You know, you always get a dictator who claims, you know, when they first come into power, we're going to have free elections and blah, blah, blah. And then they never step down. I mean, look at Castro. You know, I, I mean, it's it's like, come on, guys, just read, just read about the history of communism, socialism, whatever you want to call it. Just read about the history. It's real simple. One of my favorite Ronald Reagan quotes that's uh, discussed a little bit less than some of his other famous ones was when he was asked about the Cold War, the existential struggle between the free markets, free people, constitutionally Bill of Rights based system of America versus the communist Soviet Union. His answer was, my strategy is they lose and we win. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah. (laughs) I, I never heard that one, to be honest with you, but I love it. Yeah. Exactly. Why is why and why is that such a bad thing? Why is it such a bad thing to to want to win, to want to be successful? And again, I grew up in the eighties, and that's that was the whole thing. You wanted to strive to succeed. There was nothing bad with being successful. It was a positive thing to want to be the best you could be. That you know you would have field days in elementary school where you know you would have the fifty yard dashes and whoever won got got the blue ribbon for first place. You know you know the the second was a white ribbon, third was a red, and and if you didn't come in first, second, or third, you didn't get anything. And that's just the right. way it was. You know it was there was a reward for success. You know not this everybody's a winner nonsense, you know, which again ties into socialism that everyone's equal, but they're, they're everyone's equal in being dirt poor and being a non-success. That's what they don't seem to understand. And the elitists are all the fat cats at the top. So I and don't know why they don't. That's an that. important part. They talk, the people who promote socialism or, or communism say that they're going to create a utopia where everyone is equal. Give according to those, give according to your ability and take according to your need. But the truth is when you look at the history of the 20th century, and I think this is a critical point that you made, look at how it actually works in the real world. It's not that everybody is equal, it's that you continue to have this oligarchy, you continue to have an elite class and they just have all the power and resources. And I think think that's just a critical point. I just, want to ask you one question to wrap this up. Sure. I'm very interested in your journey as an artist. Um, I did a little background research on how you got interested in filmmaking in the first place. And I am interested in your creative vision and how you are able to continue to produce at such a high level. Could you tell uh, the the audience a little bit about how you got even interested in doing this and did your parents ever tell you oh no you should go be a doctor lawyer engineer insurance salesman <laughs> no <laughs> no my parents were awesome they they always supported what i you know what i wanted to do um yeah i got i got bit with the filmmaking bug at a very young age i was god i was like eight years old uh 
I saw the Star Wars at the theater. I, I read The Shining by Stephen King. And at a very young age, I, I wrote a novel. I mean, it didn't get published or anything, but, but I was got between, you know, like nine to 12, I wrote like a 200 page novel. Um, and I just, I started writing as a young kid, teenager, uh, right into uh, early adulthood. Uh, that's when I started writing screenplays. Um, and, uh, you know, I had a, uh, a chance meeting with a, uh, uh, independent film director. His name is, uh, Ted Bohus, great guy. Uh, he does a bunch of like indie type horror films. Um, and I learned from him, you know, I, uh, uh co-wrote a screenplay with him and, uh, we were able to raise money for it and we did it independently, uh, turned around, sold it, doubled our investment on that. Um, and I just kind of learn everything, you know, the entire top to bottom, you know, how to make a film, you know, what does a key grip do? What does a best boy do? That type of thing. Uh, just learning all the ins and outs on set. Um, and then also I learned the business aspect of, of the entertainment industry from Ted. And that's what a lot of people seem to, to forget is that it is called the entertainment business. And, you know, he taught me how to put together budgets, uh, proposals. Um, and then, you know, from there, um, I, I, I did a film with John Russo, who uh, was the uh, one of the producers and wrote the original Night of the Living Dead. Um, I did a film with him. Same thing. We, you know, we put together investment for that, doubled our returns on it. Um, Double, and then from there, amazing. I went off. And, <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. And then from there, I went off and, and did my own film, uh, which was Disorder. I wrote, produced, directed that, put together a group of investors on that. Um, we were able to secure a deal with uh, Universal and Warner Brothers. Um, and the, the film has been released worldwide. Uh, and then from Disorder, I did my latest feature, which was Infliction. Um, and that was, you know, released by uh, Virgil Films. So it's just it's been, you know, just over, you know, 20 some years of just doing this and learning and, and you know, uh, uh, you know, just not stopping. Um, but through all of this, you know, I've I've always been pro-military. And if I have it, honestly, Gail, if I have one regret, it's that I never served. Um, yes. and, and like I said, I just got I got bit with that filmmaking bug at a young age. And that's what I wanted to do. But then as I've gotten older. It's like, you know what, this is what's really important to me. You know, it's um, I, I, you know, I love thrillers. I love, you know, and I, I hopefully I can do other features, dramas, all that stuff. But I'm so passionate about uh, about war heroes and uh, and, and, you know, our whole team is, you know, like, like I mentioned, my fiance, Mandy Del Rio, her and I, this is our passion project together. The investor on the pilot episode, his name is Glenn Navola. I mean, he is. Uh, he's a commercial airline pilot. He owns a couple businesses. He's so passionate about this. He'll he'll bring uh, dogs to uh, veterans with PTSD, like place them in a home with with a veteran, you know, who's suffering from PTSD. So, I mean, we just have, you know, we're 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 so passionate about this particular project, and uh, and it just all kind of came together for all of us. Not every. Everyone can be a military member, and all of us, though, should be able 
to support our military members and family members. I just want to thank you, Jack, so much for what you're doing and for joining us. Where can people find you and War Heroes online? Oh, great. Yeah, we uh, we have a website. It's warheroestv.com. Uh, all of our social media is at War Heroes TV. You can find that on uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. It's all the same at War Heroes TV. Uh, and then my personal website uh, website is JackThomasSmith.com. So if anyone has any story ideas or wants to reach out, they could reach out to our uh, production team through my website or through the War Heroes website. I do have to share one other little personal detail about myself. I loved Stephen King until I read Pet Cemetery, and it scared me so much. I think in seventh <laughs> or eighth grade that I stopped reading his books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love him. I mean, he goes crazy on social media, so he's kind of turned me off there. But right. um, yeah, I'm a huge fan of his work. Well, thank you, Jack, so much for joining us. Thanks, Gail. I really appreciate it. This is Gail Trotter. You can like me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can subscribe to this podcast right in DC on iTunes, and you can leave a review. Most importantly, you can support this podcast on Patreon. We have great t-shirts as gifts for patrons, courtesy of Hard Hits Custom Apparel. We would also like to thank Trio Caliente, a local DC group for the music on the podcast. This is Right in DC. You're Right in DC with Gail Trotter.